You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up for Friday, November the 17th. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us back behind the Sprott microphone is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, hello. Hey, Craig. Great to be here. Uh, it's, it's a long trip, that Australian trip and back, and... Uh, you know, you get in a plane for 17 hours, you pick up a little bug, and then you're sick for a week, and then you, you come home, and like it's been a, been a tough uh, tough little week to spend down there. It uh, it doesn't get any easier, does it? That is a long flight, but it's good to have you back. We had Keith Newmeyer sit in for you last week, and uh, he did an yes. enviable job, but it, we want to get your inputs now. And, man, again, before we get started, just want to remind everybody to go ahead and sign up for Precious Metals Storage with Sprott Money. If you do so, you get one month of free storage. How about that? Visit SproutMoney.com for more info. Uh, Eric, while you've been gone, it's been a pretty quiet time in the metals. In fact, just in the past week, I don't think we've really spent hardly any time outside of about maybe a 1275 to 1285 range. Uh, very tight range in silver as well. What do you make of this recent price action? Anything? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, I, I don't even know if you'd call it constructive. I mean, uh, you see all these weird things going on where you know, you get these raids where, you know, gold will go down 10 bucks in a couple of minutes. And, of course, it's always sickening to see that. But, of course, it's comforting to see it sort of every time sort of comes back here. And you kind of wonder what the guy who, who sold it down 10 bucks, what's he thinking? Because, you know, it goes right back up again. So I think that's constructive. Unfortunately, the uh, the commitment of traders data was, uh, well, uh, more ominous, I guess, is probably the best way of putting it as they added to their silver and gold shorts. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, Craig, when I look at what all the other metals are doing, I mean, they're all very robust, right? And when I was listening to your discussion with Keith, you know, and realizing that silver is only up 7% when all these other metals are rallying like crazy, and it kind of tells you, you know, what, what we are up against, right? We're up against the man, if, if you were trying to keep things under control, because of course it's, it's competitive to the currencies. The other thing that's competitive to the currencies, by the way, Bitcoin is certainly making the currencies look weak, I got to tell you. And that's just stunning what's what's happening to Bitcoin. Now, I'm not a believer in Bitcoin, but that's where, where people are putting their money, obviously. So uh, and all, all of those are vote against fiat currencies. So hopefully, you know, we, we might end up uh, getting the kind of uh, physical situation in gold and silver. I think we have it, actually, where, you know, the price is finally... Uh, can move up here just as has happened with almost all other uh, metals uh, in the last year. So, uh, yeah, it was a kind of a, 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 a nothing week, but, uh, you know, another week when they had to short more uh, gold and silver and uh, and they hung in there. You know, as we wrap up the month of November here over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be kind of quiet here in the States. We've got Thanksgiving holiday next week. And then all of a sudden, uh, the December contracts are going to go off the board. We're going to be into December, and the focus is for almost everyone is going to turn to the Fed and whether there will be a rate hike, a Fed funds rate hike in December. You know, the last couple of years, we've seen uh, both gold and silver bottom the day after that rate hike. Uh, I wonder if you think that might happen again, or, or you know what? Maybe the market will begin to anticipate that and actually front run that a little bit and not wait until the day after. That could do. Uh, I think the, the bigger thing is what happens to the market generally, like right? the stock market. And as you know, it's been weak. Um, and, and there's signs of trouble here where, you know, the, the junk bond yields are starting to shoot back up here. 
Um, we have some very, very weak numbers in England. We have some weak numbers in the U.S. in terms of the, uh, the regional surveys. Um, the wage increase, I mean, I'm just stunned at the lack of wage increases. I think the average weekly pay is something like $317. That's up a dollar forty year over year. A dollar forty increase in <clears throat> real wages in 52 weeks. I mean, what does that begin to cover? And is it any wonder that we really can't get any ignition here because the guy who's paid that amount of money, he just has, doesn't have a hope in hell of, of making ends meet. We, we tend to see that now with the, uh, the loan numbers where the loan numbers are going up and, um, and of course becoming a higher and higher percentage of, of disposable income. And I think it's because people are forced uh, to do that because of the real costs of living uh, that we all have to bear that of course never get measured in the, uh, in the CPI numbers. In fact, I think it was S&P or Reuters uh, talking about England where uh, they sort of made the point that how shrinkflation is affecting consumers over in England. In fact, their, their retail sales, I think they were down something like 5% in October. It's just a humongous decline. And, and I found it interesting that someone would refer to shrinkflation, right? You, you, buy this, you buy the box of cereal, but it has, you know, 80% of what he used to have in it, but the price is the same. Right. And who knows, maybe the guys at the, uh, at the CPI don't, don't pick up on it because it's wink, wink, nod, nod. And, you know, it's the same box and all that. Anyway, I, I think there's a lot more inflation than, than the regulated statistics are showing us. And I don't think the economy's strong. I think it's just coasting along here. I don't know that we can handle another rate increase. I mean, We've had we had a couple here in Canada. And all of a sudden, you know, you get all these people with their mortgages, and they you, you have a fifty basis point increase, and they're just croaking. So that that's what the uh, central bankers are up against here. That they've created their own their own problem. That a uh, couple of increases in some people's cost of borrowing is going up by thirty and forty percent. So that's going to pose a real slowdown in the economy. You know, it presents an interesting problem, doesn't it? Because they have raised the short rate so aggressively here in the U.S. that now the spread between, let's say, the two-year note and the 10-year note or the 30-year long bond, that spread is as narrow as it's been in 10 years. In fact, if the Fed continues to hike rates, Eric, you're going to invert the yield curve. And that is always a precursor of recession, uh, really almost without exception. So as we get into 2018, do you think the chances are that we'll be looking uh, more at rate cuts and maybe more QE instead of uh, tighter rates? Well, I just sit back and think that, you know, it's fine for the central banks to say they're going to do something. As you know, the Fed starts off with what to buy $10 billion the first month, like big deal. Um, Sorry, selling $10 billion of bonds the first month. but, you know, if the stock markets start uh, cooling out here, which they have done up, up until today, um, and, and uh, the economy doesn't sort of get some generative action going, I, there's going to be no reason to have a rate increase. I mean, it's just not going to make any sense. And particularly in the face of, of them uh, uh, selling bonds at the same time. So uh, we all know that the market for the last... Uh, seven, eight years has gone up because of central bank uh, laxity uh, across the board. And the minute you just conceive of changing that, you know, you go from being a buyer of bonds to a seller of bonds, wow, that uh, that could have some very dramatic impact on all financial instruments and uh, 
uh, nothing would be excluded. And of course, it would all work to the benefit of gold because when stocks go down, people buy gold. And um, if, the, if, on the other hand, the Fed doesn't do it, everyone knows that the whole premise for gold being weak is wrong. Uh, so we'd probably get a pretty good uh, move there as well. So I think we're we're in a pretty good position here. I was very happy to see Ray Dalio uh, take uh, invest a lot of money in gold in the last reporting quarter. Hopefully he's continued that this year. And he's a you know a forward thinking guy. So hopefully uh, that will be a bit of a statement. And I hear of other major funds that are taking positions in gold here. So I, I think that's there's lots of positives on the horizon. And of course, within uh, the stocks, there's been lots of great stocks uh, and lots of ways to make money. Um, the indexes haven't done much, but there's certainly been some, some uh, outsized uh, performances in, uh, in various opportunities in the precious metal stocks area. Yes. And I, and why don't we just close there, Eric? You just got back from another trip down to Australia. You saw some interesting things while you're down there. Uh, anything you'd like to sure. share with us? Any insight you gleaned while you're there? Well, I went down there as chairman. I was speaking in Melbourne, but I was speaking as chairman of Kirkland Lake Gold. And, of course, we had the Fosterville mine down there. And uh, when we announced our third quarter, we announced that the quarterly, the monthly production in October was 30,000 ounces, which is a pretty substantive annualized rate if, if we could maintain that. Uh, but looking forward, as people who are close to Kirkland would know, we've uh, in the first six months, we added a half a million ounces that was at a grade of 58 grams. And in October, for example, we mined 23 grams. Well, if we mine 58 grams, what do we think the monthly production is going to be? It's, it's going to be substantially higher than than any uh, 30,000 ounces a month. So I, I think there's lots of good things happening. We've some tremendous drill results that we put out. So we've had a continuation of this this swan zone with very high-grade gold. So a lot of things seem to be coming together for Fosterville, and Fosterville, of course, is becoming the most important asset of, um, of Kirkland Lake Gold. So uh, I generally say uh, everything was uh, as good as I might have expected it to be. Well, that's very exciting, and it is a very exciting time. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out in the next, really, just couple of weeks with the Fed. Yes, sir. And, uh, and tax loss selling, and then maybe another rally yeah. as the year begins. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to going through Should it together be. with you, Eric, and uh, I wish you Me a too. great weekend. Okay, all the best, Greg. You too. And from all of us at SprottMoney.com and uh, Sprott Money News, just a quick reminder, it is almost the holiday season, so make sure you get the perfect gifts out of our 2017 holiday catalog, which you can find online at SprottMoney.com. Check it out and uh, get ready for the holiday season. Again, thanks, Eric, and we will talk to you all again next week. 